Welcome to a world of exploration, thought, and discussion, sequentially through 156 episodes of Rod Serling's seminal classic, The Twilight Zone. Welcome to Submitted for Your Approval. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to Submitted for Your Approval, a Twilight Zone podcast. I am Brandon Cruz. Oh, yes, I am Brandon Cruz. That is my name. Uh, but I'm not the important one here on on this episode or in the episode, really. Uh, but today I have with me the host of the Play Comics podcast, a show that looks at how well video game adaptations of popular comics translate from their source material. And he's also the co-host of the Meddling Kids podcast, where they talk about Scooby-Doo. Uh, great. Welcome to the show, Mr. Chris Osborne. Hello. Hey, Brandon, I'm wearing my fanciest socks for you, so we're uh, sure to have a really good time. Thank God for that. I, I didn't I, I didn't put that in our initial communiques uh, to, to make sure you wear the good socks, but I'm glad uh, we have that rep- rapport now that you just know. <laughs> these are my lucky podcasting socks. All of my best shows have come while I've been wearing these socks. Uh, thank, thank, thank goodness. I, I am also wearing... Well, they're not my lucky socks. They are just socks. Uh, but good, thing has, good things happen when I wear socks. That, I know that. So I guess technically all my socks are lucky. Uh, how, are, how are things going for you today? Oh, it's, it's nice and rainy here in Charleston, which I actually like because it's starting to cool down, too. Uh, so no more 90-degree days. Jeez. Uh, out down here in Tampa, we had a brief spurt of like 70 uh 70 degree days and it was it was magnificent and then it jumped up all of a sudden so we too have rain thank goodness for that it was 57 today and i loved it oh yeah uh i think i'm gonna move up to charleston for just that (laughs) that level of we have amazing snacks so there's your good reason right there too all right i'll 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 make that i'll make a note of that in the, the show notes amazing snacks (laughs) uh well so uh thank you for coming on the show we are here today to talk about season three episode six or i think i messed it up episode 10 the midnight sun uh originally aired october 20th of 1961 starring starring lois nettleton as norma betty gard who was in two different episodes of Twilight Zone, this one and another one, Odyssey of Flight 33. She was the old woman, Mrs. Bronson. And then Tom Reese, who plays the intruder. Uh, uh, the, the, the radio guy says a certain, like, uh, he, he describes intruders in a certain way. I can't remember what it is now anyways, but, well, that's, that's a point that doesn't matter. Uh, directed by Anton Leader, who directed two episodes, this one and Long Live Walter Jameson, and teleplay by Rod Serling. Uh, so here's here's a new thing that we started this season, Chris, and it is it is called My Synopsis, Your Synopsis, IMDB Synopsis, where IMDB they have they have what they they think is the best one. But I want to know in a single sentence. <laughs> What is your synopsis of this episode? And uh, then I will then I will do my synopsis or vice versa, vice versa, whichever one you prefer. You can go first. I can go first. It's uh, guest choice. And then we'll compare it to the IMDb synopsis and we'll let the Twitter folks vote. My synopsis is 
the weather has gone horribly wrong. <laughs> uh, that's uh, that's good. <laughs> Straight, simple, and to the point. Uh, um, okay, mine, mine is a mine's a little bit longer than that. Uh, I, I'm not good with tailoring my keeping my words to a minimum. With that in mind, as Earth hurtles from its orbit straight toward the sun, a young woman struggles to cool down. That's my synopsis. And finally, the IMDb synopsis. When the Earth falls out of orbit, two women try to cope with increasingly oppressive heat in a nearly abandoned city. <coughs> now, Twitter, Twitter uh, mafia, uh, let us know. Uh, which one of those is the best in your in your opinion, Chris? I like yours. I I think I'm always going to go with the guests because, I mean, I'm 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 not a narcissist, you know. See, mine will take on some special meaning later when we talk about the end of it. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, well, with that in mind, let's let's go ahead and get into the discussion. Uh, what are your initial thoughts on the episode? So I really like this one because it just it jumps you straight into the story and seems like a just super normal thing. Um, I mean, obviously, you see that it's ridiculously hot, but I think the first temperature it shows was like 110 degrees. And yeah, that's ridiculous, but it is a temperature that actually happens. Oh, yeah, ab ab absolutely. And uh it, it probably gets up to 110 in New York, maybe sometimes. I don't know. I'm not I'm not a New Yorkian. See, I can believe it like <coughs> man, where'd that come from? <laughs> See, I can believe it in like sun directly beating down on this one spot. I mean, never a full-fledged like forecast for 110, but you get the right spot, maybe get it bouncing through some glass the right way, and you, you can get a nice 110 degree spot. Right. Yeah. 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 That, that that's a that's a thing about this this episode is uh I think that all of us have experienced massive heat, <laughs> uncomfortable heat. Uh and and I, and I I think what this episode does is portray that really uncomfortable heat not just one day uh but makes you uncomfortable throughout the entire episode. And tries to put you in the shoes of of the characters to so where they say, "Oh God, oh God, <laughs> we've been going through this for weeks, or or however long they've been doing it." Um, now you, you from down in Charleston. I know it gets. I know it gets hot there. Uh, do you, they they mention the humidity level of not only the heat but also the humidity, like ninety seven percent humidity. Uh, now it get it gets pretty humid down there in Charleston, yeah. Yeah, I mean, ninety seven percent humidity is usually called rain here, so I think they screwed <laughs> up their science a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it yeah. does get super humid. It's that ridiculous, like you want to change your underwear about three or four times during the course of the day kind of heat. Right. Do do you, uh, as far as like losing power, uh, I imagine that after hurricanes or bad weather events that that's when the heat really becomes an issue down there. Right. Yeah. Like we don't really lose it for too much just on straight heat. Like happens in the episode here, but hurricanes, I mean, it's 
days, weeks, every once in a while, depending on where you are. My house happens to be in a lucky spot where I'm close enough to some integral parts to the power grid to where I tend to stay on. Got gotcha. Yeah, I uh again like the the my brother lives in in in, in Phoenix. Uh which I don't know how anybody lives in Phoenix. Uh he, I went and traveled down to visit him one one time and it was 11 o'clock at night and I got out of my car, my nice air conditioned car. And as soon as I opened that door, it was still like 115 degrees at mm. nighttime. No, there's and, no way. Can't ex, do it. Ex, excruciating. I don't, I don't know how they do it. So when, when they talk about the, the temperatures in this episode, yeah, one day maybe I could, I could handle it. Uh, but but multiple times I, I really empathize with the characters. That was uh, actually one of the things I picked up in my notes too, because right at the beginning of the episode, they don't really make it too obvious right off the bat that this is the Earth getting knocked off its orbit. It's just it's ridiculously hot. So I'm sitting here wondering how did these people evolve to live in this kind of world? It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, now, now you have you had you seen this episode before? I have. Okay, but it right. has been probably about a year since the last time I watched it. Okay, all right, all right. Yeah, I, I know. I know there's a couple episodes out there that that I had I haven't seen in, in years and years and years, and the the twist still kind of you know uh, jumps out at me or, or, or tricks me a little bit. But uh, <laughs> yeah, they don't mention the 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 Earth leaving the rotation and heading hurtling towards the sun. Uh, and for a good couple minutes, and that's I think that's after the first, um, the last tenants of the building leave, right? It's yeah, like, yeah. Uh, Where that guy for some reason is telling his kid not to accept water from somebody. Like, come on, if the world is going crazy like that, and somebody wants to give my kid water, my kid is going to get some water. I'm not going to be that. What's the language level here? Uh, you can use whatever language you would like. Okay, I'm not going to be that jackass that says, "Hey, kid." <laughs> you can't have water from this person that's been living in the same building with us for God knows how long. Yeah. Like, no, uh, uh, no, 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 no. That's, that's their water. I mean, it's, uh, you know, you swallow your pride a little bit, swallow some water and also your pride. Uh, uh, because if you want, if you want your kid to survive, um, and see, so here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing on that. The whole survival aspect of it in, in this first part of the episode, I'll, when I say first part, I mean before the, the twist, uh, everyone's pretty resigned to their fate. Everyone knows they're going to die. Uh, and I guess my, my question is, if, if you knew the, the world was going to end in like a month, in the middle of December, before Christmas, so you can't get presents... Oh. What, what, what would what would you I mean, what would you do? I mean, what are your options at that point in time? Hmm. I mean, I'd probably quit my job and drive around and see all my podcasting friends again. Right. Or for the first time. Would you would you you're like, all right, you know, screw it. I'm going to buy a, a motorhome and I'm just going to easy rider. But in a, in a motorhome, that's a, <laughs> why not? Yeah, <laughs> I mean the world's gonna end anyway. The people can't judge me for long. Yeah. Oh, yeah. True. True that. True that. Yeah. I mean, like, I I don't know what what I would 
do necessarily. I'd, I'd probably, um, because I, you know, I have my, I have my wife, I have, I have my son, who's six, and I would probably maybe do the mist, <laughs> uh, the end of the mist. I don't know if you've seen the end of the mist. I haven't uh, seen that one. Okay. Well, uh, spoiler alert. N- not many people survived the end of, of that movie. Oh, no. And it's uh, an extraordinarily depressing uh, film. So if that gives you any hints or any indications on the fates of the characters or me, if the world, if I knew the world was going to end, uh, <laughs> it's kind of depressing and dark. Um, there's, a, there's a part that is uh, a cut scene from this episode. Uh, there's a, a a point where the intruder that this guy played by um by Reese breaks into the the room uh but before that the uh Norma Lois Nettleton she like pulls a gun out uh, a revolver uh and that's you know she that's what she's using to try to keep that the guy out uh, well so in one of the the deleted scenes from this episode a cop actually comes up and says hey the police are leaving the city you're on your own uh here's a here's a gun to protect yourself and in a couple weeks you might need it for something else uh adding to that dark kind of plot development oh i'd seen that there was that deleted scene stuff and a couple extra characters that they got rid of i didn't get a chance to look into what was in there so i mean that's Interesting that they would even think about bringing that up back in the sixties. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, I mean, what what else? What else did you pick up from the <coughs> the episode? Uh, main thing for me was it was a lot of showing and not telling of what was going on. So, like, they didn't really give you super specific temperatures. They didn't really make a big deal about where they were. Like, they mentioned that they were in Syracuse and. They could get around to some places, but it was pretty easy for you to think, hey, you know, this could be where I live and my house. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I, have, I, have a, I have a question on um, the, the science of this earth hurtling, barreling towards its demise. Uh, they mention that i mean the episode is called the midnight sun and surly mentions in the opening monologue that it's basically always sunny there it the sun never sets in new york um i have an issue with that science wise what's going on on the other side of the planet <laughs> if it's always- it is ridiculously hot but it is also nighttime so it's that, not quite as ridiculously hot. So why isn't everybody just going over there? Right, right, right. Instead of like going north to Toronto, go head over to to uh, I don't know. Any geography majors can can tell us what's directly on the opposite side of New York. I mean, I'm pretty sure straight through the core of the Earth from South Carolina is New Zealand. So I mean, there's a good excuse right there. Nice. Hell yeah, man. Before you go, make sure you tell me, like, we'll make a, make a trip of it. And if, and oh, if, definitely. And if Flight of the Concords are down there, that's even better. Uh, um, so, uh, so I wanted to say that it is always sunny in New York, not Philadelphia. I just wanted to make sure I got that crappy joke out. 
this this episode is reminiscent of a uh, night gallery episode called The Boy Who Predicted Earthquakes, uh, only in the sense that uh, in that episode, um, like it, it, there was an issue with the, the sun. Can you think of any other media, movies, TV, uh, maybe that this kind of plot seems similar to? Kind of- There's got to be something, and it's just my mind is completely blanking out right now because it's such a simple concept. It's not something that really sticks in my brain anyway, as you know, here's a nice original thing. Yeah. That being said, they pulled this off really well. Uh, yeah, what, in, in what other ways do you, do you think that they, they pulled it off pretty well? I really like that they didn't have a bunch of just extra characters there, um, really set the scene for everybody is leaving. Everybody is getting out, has already gotten out. <coughs> everybody is getting over a cold. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just tons of little things in there. Um, they still had the, the radio people going, but maybe you had a little bit of a cold war thing because they grabbed the guy on the radio and pulled him off because he wasn't speaking in government approved language. <laughs> um, that radio guy, I, I, I love that little that little scene with the, with the radio guy as, uh, as Lois is Norma is trying to keep the, her landlady positive, And they're just listening to this radio guy basically, uh, melt down on the air. Uh, I didn't mean to make that joke. Yes, well, you did. Oh, no. <laughs> melt down. Huh? Huh? Uh, I look around. But, for, uh, <laughs> uh yeah, like that, that whole thing, like that radio DJ, whatever melt. I said it again. I'm not trying to say it again. Uh, just not being able to lie to the people that he's, he's saying, saying this stuff to anymore or, 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 or lie to himself anymore. Uh, I, I know that was supposed to be a serious thing, but I kind of thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> oh no it definitely was i mean the guy's sitting here he has a script he has you're supposed to say these exact words say them this way we do not want to cause panic and he goes off script and it really wasn't that bad in my eyes it was you know yeah you can go outside and cook eggs on the sidewalk and you can go outside and bake cookies in your car and <laughs> your entire face is going to melt off okay he didn't go that far but it wasn't any like go out and loot stores and stuff. It was just super basic things. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry to, I'm sorry to let you know you're all going to die. Uh, so go ahead and give up, uh, kill your friends and neighbors and save as much water as you can. Uh, there, when he initially goes off script, he talks about the weather forecast and then tomorrow's forecast and then there's the, uh, that awkward pause. Hot. And, and then, he, then he goes off script. Uh, when, when I watched it, when I rewatched it this last time, I forgot that he was about to go off script. So I thought there was a weird kind of, I, I thought there was just a, a, a mess up in the episode in that, that little sliver of time. 
so it, it, it jarred me back into the, the episode after that. You, you talk, you talked about showing, not telling. And, uh, I wanted to ask you what, what other ways, uh, can you think of where they showed rather than, than tell, uh, for describing how hot it is and, and what have you. So when Norma comes back from the store, it's, you know, this is all the crazy things that were happening at the store. Obviously it's because it's ridiculously hot and everybody's trying to go looting. Um, they're looking out on the street and you can just see everything out there. There's absolutely nothing that looks like it has been touched in the past day. Even just trash floating around cars, just sitting there in crazy spots where, you know, people aren't going to normally park their car. So it's not like they're ever planning on coming back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the streamers that they had on the air conditioner, was something that they would do in the store so you could see that the air conditioner was actually working oh this is i I feel so stupid and that feels like such an obvious reason why there'd be streamers on things yeah because you get in the store and you feel the air and you know who knows if it's coming from the store air conditioner or the air conditioner right below that one on the shelf so the streamers lets you see that that's from the air conditioner that you're actually looking at well Hot damn. <laughs> well, I uh, chalk that up to things that I should have known because it's obvious, but I didn't. I'll put that in as a special note for myself. Um, yeah, that, that, that's, that's really cool. Um, uh, the having the, the characters, I think, always being sweaty nonstop. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, uncomfortable looking. I mean, Norma's essentially walking around in her underwear. About halfway through the episode. Yeah. A- after she goes to the, the store the last time. Right. And gets two cans of juice. I like juice, but I don't know if I'd go to the store in craziness for juice. Yeah. And, and, <coughs> and grapefruit juice, of, of all things. I'm not a... I don't, I don't know about you. I'm not a huge... I mean, I'll drink grapefruit juice if it's there. Right. If, if, there's, no, if there's no other juice available at the store, maybe. Um... So yeah, the the getting spritz with water, so they always look sweaty. Uh, the intruder when he rolls in, um, I thought he had a turtleneck on at first, and and then I realized, oh no, it's just an ascot uh, sticking with your the Freddy theme of Scooby Doo. Yeah, well, he was just trying to make it easy for the animators later, so that's cool. <laughs> uh, but he, he had, but did you know? But did you notice too when he went into the refrigerator, he didn't close the door. I didn't. I must have been raised in a barn. They're in a heat wave. They're worried, like the biggest heat wave ever, I guess. They're worrying about having water. They're worrying about everything. And he didn't close the refrigerator door. Like, I get it's not his house and he's probably going to drink water and leave. But if he scares these ladies enough, maybe they'll let him come back and get water. But he can't get water anymore because he broke the refrigerator. Yeah, sure. And, and and he broke that nice uh, decanter <laughs> that that they had in there as well. I know he was such a monster. It's such such a monster. <laughs> um, yeah. It, it, on that point, on that point about him being a monster, he he broke in, got the water, and then broke down uh, when he started talking about his wife and losing losing a baby. 
as, as well. Uh, I thought that was a m- kind of maybe a sensitive, it felt like it w- would have been a sensitive subject back yeah. in the sixties. In the um, do you think, do you think that character does deserves sympathy? I mean, I think pretty much everybody in this world that they've set up deserves some sympathy, at least everybody that we see. Because there isn't any obviously evil people in this one or anything. I mean, like, the worst people are probably the ones who snatch the radio DJ off the air. And even that, <laughs> I mean, you got to kind of stretch for that one. Yeah. And even but everybody else is just normal person trying to survive the little bit of time they have left. Right. On that, on that, I want, I want to take, I want to f- take that, frame it a little bit. We're talking about all the people in this world, in this hot ass world. Uh, who are preparing for their death. And then with all those characters in mind to switch to after uh, Norma dies in, in the episode and then wakes up from a fever lying down and the snowing outside, Mrs. Bronson is, is, is take kind of trying to shove uh, stuff into the windowsill to make sure that the cold air doesn't come in and the doctor says uh she'll be she's the the fever's broken she's fine now um and then miss bronson the doctor have a little conversation miss bronson does a little bit more telling than showing like well earth's off course we're going away from the sun she doesn't talk like that um i wanted to frame the the characters before to say well we invested uh, 20 minutes, 18 minutes, something like that with all these characters watching their, um, you know, them fend for their life. And then sh- we find that those characters in that form don't actually exist. So that intruder doesn't exist. He's that didn't, that didn't happen. His wife didn't die. he never had a son because he wasn't real. Uh, do you think that minimizes the effect of those that portion of the story, do you think that is is not even a a factor anymore? I think it all really depends on why you think Norma was seeing them. Like, if it was a part of her fever, then that's a part of her world, and so I think it more moves the sympathy you have for those characters on to be sympathy for Norma instead. Okay, all right. Um, if they hadn't switched to the uh going away from the sun rather than heading towards it if they hadn't switched to that the effect the knowing this this guy and his story maintained an an, an impact but uh, it it's kind of like if you watch any twist movie where the twist you find out from the twist that oh that everything that hap- that led up to this doesn't really matter uh like it's it's a good story in the in the mind of this young woman who has had a fever, but that's all it is is a story in in that respect. Um, but I, I I see your point about now, but it, what that twist does is it focuses the sympathy on to to, to Norma, and I would say I'll say this, uh, and I, I don't know if you agree, but she seems ignorant. I say ignorant because I can't think of the other word, but she doesn't know that this thing is. Like, well, she's kind of SOL still. (laughs) 
Yeah, because the doctor's also over there saying, you know, yeah, she's probably going to be fine. But if anything pops up, I'm not coming back with medicine. So I hope she's really okay. Right. Uh, and Mrs. Mrs. Bronson seems uh, more positive in this, in the real world than she did in Hot World. <laughs> um, do, do you think, we don't know this for sure, but do you think Mrs. Bronson will keep trying to keep Norma uh, uh, kind of positive, maybe shelter her from that truth of the, the matter? I sure hope so, because I don't think there's a real reason to not do that. <coughs> well, well... One can only hope. I mean, you, if we're going to die, maybe I, I don't know if I'd want to know. Would you want to know? Would you want her to tell you if you woke up from a fever? Um, I, I don't know. Hmm. Part of the indecision there, too, is we don't know who else is around. So, like, if there are other families in the building, I probably wouldn't want to know. If it's just me and her, yeah, go ahead and tell me because, you know, I mean, you already know. Right. It's not going to do anything. Right, 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 right. Uh, do, do you have any other uh, any other thoughts on, on, on the episode? Um, one of my favorite notes that I wrote was that when they were leaving New York, it was bumper to bumper traffic. So the highways were packed and they had to get away before the jackers jacked. <laughs> My wife threw something at me when I read that one to her, which was totally deserved. <laughs> when the power went out initially, I thought it was like the record melting at the radio station instead of just the power going off. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure at what temperature a record would actually melt and not play anymore. Uh, I I have some that were in a garage for in, in Hawaii. It got pretty hot there. But they didn't melt, so probably it probably had to be over 110. Probably That's 120. Good to know. Like maybe in the sun. That's it, good to know. I have yeah. some that are sitting around in random places in my house. And <laughs> glad to know that my Hendrix box set is safe. <laughs> yes. Yes. 100%. I think the only other thing really for me was how recent did this thing happen? Because Mrs. Bronson was up there talking about all these things that she remembered doing back when the world was normal and Norma, Norma, normal. Okay. There's a hey, thing. Hey, that <laughs> just hit me. I swear. Blown. So Norma's sitting there painting all her paintings and like, there's nothing to indicate that it's only from people telling her about when back when the world was not ridiculously hot. So obviously I think she's seen the world like that. Uh, it was, were there, were there a bunch of uh, ice paintings in the the real world? I say real world, but ice world. Not that I I hate ice levels. Come on. <laughs> um, not that I remember seeing, but I don't I don't remember them really giving you the opportunity to see too many of them. I I, I like that you brought up the you mentioned the paintings anyway, uh, because again on that theme of of showing not telling the 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 paintings melting is such a a great image to where it's so hot that oil in painting in the paints is just dripping down uh just again adding to that 
sense of it's just unbearably hot and then she dies and then it switches over into oh she just has a fever i just think that that part was really effective um with those paintings my wife was sitting there trying to figure out how they did it and like did they spray water on it and wait this science why would it suddenly start melting so fast and everything and like did you see how they did it though uh yeah so they uh they used wax and then they put like a heater behind it yeah so i mean it looks so cool though yeah i I, and that's one thing i like going back and watching these old things where you had to use practical effects because you're seeing stuff happen it still looks good yeah that that's that's the thing about practical effects that i think uh, a lot of newer shows and, and media uh lose a little bit that because practical effects have a timelessness to them that like mid nineties CGI just doesn't do, do it for us. Okay. So I have one, one last, one last little bit before I ask you for your rating and it is, uh, insert music here, submit it for your approval, alternate endings. And with this, uh, I ask you, Chris, uh, if you had to make an alternate ending for this episode, what would it be? I wrote down a few of them. They're they're mostly kind of the same thing. <laughs> um, you have alien, either experimentation or interference of some sort. Okay. So they're coming in and seeing how hot they can make the planet, maybe, before all the humans die off because they live on a hot planet, but they also want to keep the humans for food. Mm. Wait, no, we're completely getting rid of the when it flips over into the cold world for this one. So, ah, got it. right when she wakes up, instead, she wakes up to aliens somehow. All right, right, right on. Yeah, that that, that first part uh, that reminds me, I was watching The Arrival with uh, Charlie Sheen. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but the mid 90s movie where aliens are like trying to warm up the, the, the planet and he's like a, a SETI operator and they're just messing with him. And their legs bend backwards, and it. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Another one I thought of was that Norma was trapped in the boiler room, and she was just having a fever dream because she was getting so much hotter than everything. That was how her brain was trying to rationalize everything. Uh. Or that she's just crazy. <laughs> or that the cold world was a hallucination because she passed out. Oh. And the hot world was the real one. Oh, gee. Okay. Um, if, if for that one, would would we still have the, the main episode being in the hot world, then it goes to ice world, then it goes back to hot world? Yeah. I mean, you have to, because otherwise, how would you know? <laughs> so they go, and I guess they have some way of waking her up again from her dream within a dream, and... She sees, oh, man, it was so nice thinking that the world was so cold for a minute. And now we're back to hot world. <laughs> God, that's, uh, I feel I feel so, so bad for her. Uh, but that's basically what I came up with for the, the ending, uh, which is, yeah, she just keeps going back and forth because we don't we don't really know if she's actually broken her fever. Uh, because when I when I have a fever, I go through chills and warmth and chills and warmth. And as I'm dreaming, I'm just like, 
I'm just thinking of so many wacky, crazy things. Um, the other alternate ending that I might throw out there is she wakes up and she's, uh, she's falling because she went skydiving. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why, but it just has to be. <laughs> and, uh, it just has to be. I don't know why that reality. makes perfect sense, but it does. <laughs> Oh, no, it's hot. Oh, it's too cold. Ah, oh, I'm falling. All right. Uh, did, did you did you have a, another another proposed alternate ending? Oh, I mean, the only other one I wrote down was that she's in hell. That 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 might that might work if they introduced some extra stuff into the episode where. Uh, where it's it's subtly implied that she is a bad person. Uh because for the for the most part, I'll say this about the character of Norma, she is very calming and very uh, positive, and is trying to keep Mrs. Bronson going. And she just has these these eyes that are very uh, warm, <laughs> inviting uh, eyes. So for her to, if in, in this alternate version, somehow be in hell, that would be interesting to me. To have someone who looks and feels innocent throughout the entire episode, but actually isn't at all. What horrible thing could she have done to get herself in hell? Uh, maybe she stole the those juice cans from the store. <laughs> like God is, he doesn't like people who steal grapefruit juice cans. That is his. That's like the eleventh commandment, and she broke it. Come on, Norma. If you're going to steal juice, at least make it good. <laughs> Come on. I don't even know why I made grapefruits. This is dumb. This is a dumb idea. Strike it from the record. And, and, and people, people go to hell for it. <laughs> I think it's-, it's totally understandable. If you have any other kind of juice, you should never pick grapefruit. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. So la- last little bit. I ask everybody, hey, what do you rate this episode out of whatever you, whatever scale you choose? I'm going to go a classic out of five system. Okay. All right. Because why not? Um, For me, like a three here would be like a, just a very middle of the road. Like you might turn it on every once in a while by choice. But you're never going to complain if it, you're turning on Twilight Zone on the TV and that's the episode that's going. But you're not going to get super excited about it either. Um, I'm going to give this one a four. Okay. All right. Because I, I really like it. Um, it's not one that I think you can come back and watch all the time unless you're you know, going and looking for super specific things in there. But it, it's a really solid episode. I mean, there's no guy breaking his glasses at the end moment for you, <laughs> but I don't think you're ever going to have one of those like, ever again. No, uh, in that's uh, that's a completely separate discussion on how unnecessarily cruel that episode <laughs> is. Um, I I like I like four out of five. I think that that's good. I uh, I will stick with your scale. And I'll, I'll modify mine a little bit and I'll go four and a half melting paintings, melted paintings out of five. Uh, Cause I, I, I like the episode a lot and 
just my wife Chelsea walking past me as I'm watching this episode, and she goes, "Oh God, this episode makes me so uncomfortable to watch," and then walks off. Like there it is, there it is. To have that kind of effect on someone, just seeing five minutes of an episode, uh, to me means something. It's because she knows you're sitting there watching normal walk around in her underwear, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, we don't, we don't talk, we don't talk about that, but that's one of those implied things. <laughs> We're like, Brandon, stop talking about her eyes, her welcoming eyes. <laughs> I, okay, so I did not let my wife read my notes okay. because she has also been getting over a cold and she has been on cold medicine and... Everybody here who has a wife knows what wives are like when they're on cold medicine. Y- yes. We can stop. We can just stop there. <laughs> um, so in my notes, um, there are only two people left in the building. There's the old lady, Mrs. Bronson, and pretty attractive lady, Norma. <laughs> it's true. I mean, what are you going to do? It's, it's true. I, she's, I would say she is very, very pretty. And and I say her eyes are beautiful. <laughs> yes, beautiful. I, I'm mesmerized by by her eyes. Uh, she's basically Ka from Jungle Book, but not a snake and a real person. And she probably isn't going to try to eat you. That well, that that that's that is true. That is true. Well, Chris, th- uh, thank you, thank you so much for for coming on talking about this episode, The Midnight Sun. But I also want to talk to you about something else, something else near and dear to your heart. Uh, you, you're a podcaster, as I mentioned in, in the intro. Uh, you have yep. two, show, play, two shows, Play Comics and the Meddling Kids podcast. Uh, so I, wanted to, I wanted to ask you the, the genesis of those, those podcasts. And we'll, we'll, start, we'll start with Play Comics. Uh, how, did you, how did you get into Play Comics? What was the reason for that starting up? Play comics. I was sitting around with my wife one day playing Marvel versus Capcom. Um, we're pretty sure it was Marvel versus Capcom two, where it <laughs> finally kicked in, and it's just we're sitting there playing, and I'm telling her all these random things about characters that we're being, and she's just sitting there in the nicest way possible. Like you should probably make a podcast or something so you can tell other people about all this and not just me. <laughs> So I made the show and I mean, we're always watching things on YouTube about video game stuff or superhero stuff. So, I mean, just where they came together just seemed to make perfect sense. And I love that I can make the show focus on this is how accurate the game is and kind of, you know, I learned the comic things because I grew up comics adjacent watching the TV shows and playing the games. I didn't really grow up reading the comics. I know you have a, a a list of games that you basically had had pulled out that were based on comics, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, how how much how much research do you do when you're when you're looking at a game? You're looking at the comics. Like what what aspects of the the two of them are you are you really looking at? Oh, right now I'm in the easy part because as we record this, I'm still right in the middle of like Super Nintendo era stuff. So I've played a bunch of the games anyway. Yeah. I don't really need to go back and play them again. Don't tell anybody I said that. <laughs> I don't always replay the games for the show. 
when it's ones that I grew up playing all the time anyway. So I know I'm like, I'll go and I'll watch a playthrough or I'll watch a speed run just to see all the levels and stuff. Right. Uh, the comic side of things, it kind of depends on who the guest is. Like I've had some people on where they knew basically nothing about the comics, which mm-hmm. is always a lot of fun because then we both get to learn things together. And I've had other guests on who have like one of the best X-Men podcast that I've ever found. Hmm. So I sit there and it's like, Hey, please tell me about this thing that I know you know about because <laughs> I know who you are. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I know you have all the information about why this character is fighting this character in, in this game for whatever reason, please tell me your encyclopedic level of knowledge about why this is. And I just love the fact that I get that whole range of people in there. Like one of the, I'll talk to people about being a guest on the show and Mm. it's like, I don't know anything about the comics. Okay. I don't care. I don't either have the time going into this thing before I start researching stuff. Yeah. Uh, I I think that's, I think that's important to, to get just perspective. Right. Uh, you know, like with the, with this show, I've had people on who have never seen a Twilight Zone episode, and to to me, it doesn't matter that they haven't seen an episode, but that they have an opinion and uh and, and a healthy dose of curiosity in order to to check stuff out. So that that's interesting to me that that folks on your show as well have come on maybe not necessarily knowing anything about the comics, but still taking that risk in, in learning something new about either the comics or, or the games. How you, so you're, you're in the NES super NES phase. What, yeah. it, what is, what is your, how far into the future uh, are you, are you go, are you do you plan to want to go through with this? I know there's like 7 billion Spider-Man games, so... Oh, I know. It's crazy. Um, Dragon Ball Z is going to be really fun because there were the six of them just on PS2. And (laughs) it's like, here's the first one and let's update it five times. So, I mean, some of those I'm probably going to end up squishing together. Um, I did it already with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles stuff for original Game Boy. Hmm. But the list that I have goes up into PS3. Okay, and I'm sure at some point Wikipedia people just stopped adding things to the list because they got bored and didn't care anymore. <laughs> but I mean, we're looking at like 300 some odd games. Yeah. So right now the plan is that I will go until it gets to the point where I have to buy new games just to have something for the next episode. Oh. I'm just never somebody who's had the newest stuff. So I'll go and it'll just be, hey, I know there are other games that can be gotten to but this show is gonna end because i can't go spend you know however much games are gonna cost in five years when i get that far right i can't spend that much money on the game every week uh you just so is 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 a strategy to just to to switch over to watching like you plays or uh watching people stream those games rather than or or on youtube Rather than, at some uh, at some point, I think it's going to end up being easier to get guests for it, because one of the problems I have getting guests right now is that, you know, I haven't played the Super Nintendo games or they'll I'll show them the whole list of everything. Yeah. And, 
oh, hey, can we look at like this PS2 game or this Wii game? It's like, yeah, maybe we can do that. Um, we'll see how you feel in three years if you still like me and want to be on the show. Um, there are 20 other people that have said they wanted to do Arkham Asylum. We'll see how many of them I can still find on the internet when I get there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I signed up for the... I don't even know what system was the Jaguar, maybe. I don't know. For Sega Saturn. Saturn. Yes, we're we're looking at Scud the Disposable Assassin. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. And you're like, yeah, sure. If we're still talking to each other, <laughs> we like we're that. gonna do it. You're the first person who said they wanted to do it. That's kind of my main criteria there. Well, ha- the other half of my main criteria is you can't be a jackass. So oh. you've got that part covered. Phew. I, I was channeling Scooby-Doo on that few for some reason. Mm. <laughs> uh, Sounds like mystery. Hey, speaking speaking of mystery, uh, the other thing you do is the meddling kids. So Scooby-Doo, are uh, you're a Scooby-Doo? Are you a Scooby-Doo fan? I am. My wife is more, which okay. just because somebody has to be the bigger fan in our house, and in this case, it's her. How how how, how did you get into that that one? That one is both a much more interesting and much more boring story. Um, Julie Kinn from Station Wagon Pod and Stephen Pappas from Is This Adulting? Okay. I want to say about a year ago now, um, started the show, and then eventually Stephen had to drop out, and then Julie had to go do stupid adult things like take government money to go back to school to further her career. I know. Come on, Julie. Crazy people being responsible. What's up with that? <laughs> and she knew I'd been listening to the show and I was always kind of talking to her stuff about it. And when Steven initially couldn't be on the show anymore for his reasons, told her, you know, if you ever need somebody to, you know, be on the show real quick and stuff, I can come on real quick and be on an episode with you. And I was on a couple episodes with her for stuff. And she was just, hey, do you and your wife want to take over the show? And I said, hmm, let me think about that for a second. And I was at home and I put my phone down. I'm like, hey, Kaylee, we're going to take over meddling kids. And so we did. And then the hurricane hit. We got off to a little bit of a rocky start with that. But once the hurricane went away, it's been a lot of fun. That's good. That's good. That's good. Uh, yeah, that, 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 that's awesome. I have to ask. I have to ask this. Scooby-Doo, comics, video games, or Twilight Zone? Which, which fandom ranks number one and if you had to pick one between the the four of them see one of my shows already makes that a cheater answer because i combine the the comics and the video game stuff anyway uh yeah so i'm guessing i'm guessing if i had to get rid of one a and one b yeah if i had to get rid of something i don't i honestly don't know what it would be i would be rolling dice okay well i'll get a d4 and uh we'll we'll, we'll roll on that i don't later. know where mine went but that would that's what it would be okay because <laughs> i really like scooby-doo stuff that's why i was getting into the show and listening to it and everything anyway um i grew up my dad was air force so growing up video games was like our thing of yeah we know we're gonna move you every summer all that fun stuff because my dad somehow pulled it off like that so here are these video games we know when you move, you're going to have something to keep you from running around, getting in trouble. Yeah. And we know when your dad has 
all the boring officers over for stuff. You can go <laughs> hide in a room and play games. <laughs> that's that that's a that's a good that's a good dad. That's a good dad. Uh I I do the same for my kid. Um but all although I think I steal the games from him more often than not nowadays. He's he's still he's only six. He doesn't he doesn't need them yet. I'm just they're just buffering him. You just need to build up the collection so he'll have things when he's ready. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I keep telling my bank account. Well, hey, how uh so Menly Kids play comics. How can people get a hold of either of those shows or you personally? Play comics, you can head on over to playcomics.com or on Twitter at playcomicscast. Meddling Kids, you can go over to meddlingkidspod.com or meddlingkidspod on Twitter. Admittedly, I'm a little bit more active on Play Comics because I'm more used to doing that. I'm still kind of working that in. And I'm trying to get Kaylee to do some things with the Meddling Kids <laughs> Twitter account. Like, I'm doing this one. You do this one. <laughs> I know. Especially. Okay. So the most fun thing having these two shows is Meddling Kids is has been family friendly from the beginning. Yeah. And my wife says it is definitely going to stay that way. Play comics is not. <laughs> so I'll go in there. I'll be editing stuff and recording stuff with people f- for play comics and where, I mean, it's not super gratuitous language or anything, but we don't care. It's like that college class with the cool professor that doesn't care if you cuss, but you don't want to do it a lot. Right. But you do every once in a while anyway. Uh-huh. It's like going from that to your religious grandparents' house and your sister's new three-year-old. Or if, like, if you say "shut up," someone's like, "You can't!" No, 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 no! You can't! You can't say that! You can't say that! Yeah, the outtake reel for Midland Kids is mostly me saying things I shouldn't say. <laughs> do you have do do you put all the the outtakes for that stuff on like at the the tail end, or do you? <laughs> No, I, I put a couple at the end, really good ones. Um, I'm going to start probably going back and releasing some bonus episodes of more things. And, and then and then put like a Scooby-Doo after dark <laughs> blooper reel together. That's going to be the fun part because I still think Kaylee's going to make me keep that family friendly. Uh, that are family friendly to where I think we'll still be okay. Gotcha. Uh, just throw some fart jokes out there. Fart and poop jokes. And then it's family. It's family friendly. It'll always be family friendly. Or like if you say if you say shit, just change it to poop and then family friendly instantly. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. A, we'll try it. I'll try it on the next one. I won't tell her, but we'll do it. OK. <laughs> and if it's a wonderful idea, I'll tell her it was yours. And if it's a horrible idea, I will tell her it was yours. OK. Sound, sounds good. Trying to establish that friendship on the right foot <laughs> starting now. Well, all right, Chris. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for talking to me about your show. Thank you for talking about the Twilight Zone. And I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Oh, I mean, it's been a pleasure. Um, thank you for dropping this Claremontian plot point of you coming on my show. <laughs> so we'll pick that string up later. No, I, I don't. I don't drop things. I don't drop breadcrumbs to you know lead people. But since it's out in the open, yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll see you. I'll see you soon. <laughs> and that was my interview with Chris Osborne. 
Yes, you can hit hit him up over at playcomics.com or meddlingkidspod.com or play comics cast on Twitter, play comics podcast on Instagram. There's a few ways you can get a hold of this show. Of course, you can go to facebook.com slash S4YA podcast, Instagram and Twitter, S4YA underscore podcast, email S4YA podcast at gmail.com or head over to our website, www.apatheticenthusiasm.com slash submitted for your approval. Now, there's also a link to our Patreon for this and all the other shows we do over on Apathetic Enthusiasm, including Interdimensional RSS, the unofficial Rick and Morty podcast, and our flagship title, Apathetic Enthusiasm, if you like pop culture and an occasional D&D reference. And thank you so much for all those who leave reviews, good or bad, over on iTunes. I heavily, 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 plus another heavily appreciate any and all feedback. And until next time... Thank you for listening. I am Brandon Cruz, and this is submitted for your approval.